All right, well, let's get started with episode 34 of the Current Gen Podcast. My name is Tim. I'm here with Dan. Good evening. Spooky. Derek will join us soon, I think. He's at his kid's, uh, I think it's either football game or soccer game. I want to say it's a football game, isn't it? Or he's just going to, get, he got a new haircut. He's, get, he's getting the, a the manicure, boys. manicure, I think he said. Yeah. Um, and then we're also joined tonight by our buddy, Jesse. Jesse, thank you so much for being here, man. Hey guys, it's good to be here. It's a pleasure. Really appreciate you being here, representing the New Englanders with that awesome internet connection. Um, That's right. Whatever, Dan's New Englander too, so I don't know why. The real New Englander. I'm actually Portuguese, so I'm not even really American, so (laughs) I hate, I just, I can't stand you Americans at all. This is what happens when (laughs) Derek's not here, Dan feels the need to fill the gap where Derek normally would. Yes. uh, Say something. (laughs) Being a jackass is what you're saying. Yeah, okay. We've got a lot to cover tonight, so in lieu of saying, here's some stuff we're playing, we're going to skip that, except for Jesse. We don't get to hear from you. We hear from ourselves week in and week out, and we're tired of it. But let's hear from you. Is there anything, any games you're playing, any shows you're watching that you want to call out that you're enjoying right now? Well, I, most of the games that I'm playing uh, would fit right into our kind of like Halloween kind of topic. Things like, uh, I went through about another half playthrough of the game After Party. Which is oh yeah that Halloween themed kind of like drinking game yeah uh, made by the makers of Oxenfree with the devil right yeah where you pretty much have to drink the devil under the table <laughs> nice <laughs> that sounds like your kind of game I love the concept, <laughs> the concept of that is hilarious <laughs> now I played that a it's little pretty... bit is it is it a good game I only played a little bit of it I never really got into it but I didn't give it a fair try to be honest. I do think it's a good game. It's it's a step down from Oxenfree, which I think mm-hmm. was a really really quality indie game. But yeah, I, mean, I think if you if you give uh, After Party a fair shake, I think you can find a lot to enjoy there. Okay, nice. So the other one that I've kind of been dabbling in through uh, some of October is Alien Isolation. Oh, Ooh. nice. That's one that. Uh, I tried probably a couple of years. That's what a twenty. It's a long game, game? <laughs> right? I want to say when that was twenty seventeen, right? I'm gonna. I I'll look remember. it. I'll look it up. You tell us what you're thinking about it. I'll look it up. Um, so I tried it when it came out. Uh, well, probably a couple months after it came out, and I just couldn't get into it. It seemed a little. I, I think I just wasn't in the mood for it. It was a little slow, and it takes a little while to actually get into it before yeah. the alien kind of shows his head and. It's really starts kicking off. 2014 game. Yeah. <laughs> so older. It actually yeah, came out older. on last gen as well as oh, okay. this this gen. So it was on 360 and PS3. I didn't know that, but continue. Yep. Hmm. Uh, so I decided since it's Halloween, I would try to pick up a spooky game. And that's kind of the one I went to because I think that game's pretty freaky, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the alien movies are freaky, so... <laughs> <laughs> So, so now you're in it. Well, it's one of those games where you can't actually defend yourself, really. Yeah, yeah. You have to always have hide, the, um, kind of like the amnesia or things like that. Yeah. 
Or like you have a device that's yeah. more for like knowing where the alien is as opposed to combating the alien. Right. You're, You're just trying to get the hell out of there, right? Run. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jesse, please don't leave just because Derek showed up. <laughs> I, I was tempted as soon as I saw that face. No, come on. You know, wow. you were fine a second ago and then you ruined it. <laughs> Jesus. Not, not wearing pants, guys. <laughs> we, well, what else we is know. new? We yeah, assume. what else is new? Jesus. For the boys, right? Yeah, for the boys. <laughs> they needed right, a well, break today. I actually had to wear tight clothing. Sure. Gosh. You had to, right. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, last quick question for you. Are you still, are you working from home? Or are you back in a normal office setting of some kind on a regular basis? Working from home, we've been cleared to work from home through January. Oh, all right. all right. Now, do you like that or are so, you like, this sucks, I want to go back to the office? I'm kind of mixed on it, to be honest. I will admit I like being at home, but I am admittedly less productive at home. Mm. So it's kind of a mixed bag. I like being here, but I don't get as much work done here. I gotcha. And who you work for does not care that you're less productive because they are paying (laughs) less for you to be home. So they'll keep it that way until forever. Yeah. What they don't know won't hurt them. Yeah, that is is very true. No one watches the the show anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) Do your employers listen to current chat? Yeah. It would be hilarious. To listen to this, they would actually have to play video games for us. Yeah. If he's one of our listeners, that'd be really funny. Um, All right, well, we're going to do a segment we haven't done in a while, and that is sold in 60 seconds. So this is where one of us, in this case, it's going to be Mr. Freitas, takes about a minute, I'm going to put on a timer, to sell us on something, whether it's a game or some idea, some hot take you have, something you want to rant about. Uh, you got 60 seconds, and then we'll let you know if you sold us or not on whatever that Um, thing was. Before you start the timer, I'm just going to throw out a general spoiler warning for what the thing is that I'm going to say. Okay. Um, so the second I say what it is, if you don't want to, if you're watching it or you're going to watch it, just skip ahead. What if it's me? Well, you're actually going to give me some sighs and some scoffs because oh, okay. there's going to be a little bit of a uh, uh, emotion stuff. So and I, right. I know. Well, you, let's do it. And you're not a real boy, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dan. I will. Give you a count in, and then you got 60 seconds to go, and then the three okay. of us will tell you if we're sold or not. By the way, is someone at a football game right now? What's all that noise? <laughs> hey, I put headphones in to try to block stuff, but... Oh, okay. Well, you guys just got back from uh, sports things. Everyone's all amped up. Probably. Sports things. All right, whatever. Yeah. Um, listeners, deal with it, okay? We have families. Stop judging Derek as harshly as I am. All right, let's... Uh... Uh, can I mute me? <laughs> Yeah, you can. Yeah. The little microphone. We, we're always trying to, Derek, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> we right. listeners judge just as harshly. Yeah, he's going to look at him. He's going to text us while he's on mute. <laughs> he's going to text us really evil things. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dan, you start in three, two, one, go. All right. Um, so recently we all heard that Dexter was going to be coming back, um, a show that was about a serial killer who kills bad people. Um, excellent show for about four seasons, then it got a little up and down and then it ended atrociously. One of the worst endings to a series that most people have ever seen. Um, the other show that has an atrocious ending is how I met your mother. And I was trying to convince Jeff the other day that the ending of that show is terrible. Now, I think if you actually legitimately actively like the ending of that show, you're a broken human being. 
All right. Because the ending of that show, and I already gave the spoiler warning. So sorry if I spoil it for you guys. At the end of that show, the show's called How I Met Your Mother. So, really, ultimately, what you're, we're caring about, what we're driving towards is meeting the mother. We meet the mother in the last season. She's a cute, quirky, awkward character. She's totally right for Ted Mosby. It makes sense why he dates her, marries her, has kids. They fucking kill her at the end. All right. They kill the mother. All right. And nobody cares about Robin. God damn it. <laughs> I didn't get to. It's not enough time. <laughs> yeah. You had 60 seconds. Um, we'll start with our guest, Jesse. Were you sold on some kind of concept there with what they said? <laughs> Can uh, I have like I believe I believe the seconds? idea is that uh how I met your mother ends pretty poorly. And uh I am sold just because I already believed that that show ended pretty poorly. Well, but the ending the of show... Dexter is infinitely worse. Yeah, the ending I I just know how I met your mother was not a good show in the middle when I tried to watch it either. So, I'm sure the bad the ending was bad too. Whatever you said about Dexter, though, I agreed. If you would have stayed on Dexter, you would have totally sold me on this. Then you went to How I Met Your Mother, and I don't care about that show. I was but... trying to bridge the gap. Yeah, because because Jeff said he's one of those people that's just like the ending is good, or or he doesn't think it's bad. Well, and I, I'm waiting for someone to tell me why because I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I really do okay. Like so Jeff, I'm torn here. Dexter's not a good ending of that. Show. No, absolutely not. No. Uh, Derek, what about you? Okay, you I'm torn here because I don't want to agree with with either of them. Jeff's an idiot. <laughs> Obviously. And and clearly Jesus. Daniel Freitas is probably the dumbest person I've ever talked to. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Oh so planet. Okay. That is my opinion. I could actually He's can we do Trump like right a segment now. where I insult people insult people for like sixty seconds? Can I do that? <laughs> yeah, we'll do that next time. Don't you yeah. just do that in general? Isn't that your default setting? I mean I, I thought that, that was pretty much the basis of the show. Yeah. <laughs> if you come literally, up with, like, you Derek, what do you think good... of that? I don't know, Tim. Why don't you shut up? You're stupid, and I hate you. <laughs> come up with a good name for that segment, and we'll give it to you. He's got to come up with a good name for it. All right. Um, but no, so... you didn't sell me on it because uh, I didn't watch the last season. Um, I did watch. I don't know when I stopped watching the show, but I did watch the show, and I absolutely loved it. But I did not watch the last season, and I did not watch, what is it, Dexter? Dexter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't really know what you're talking about. Do I think shows I, sometimes go on too long and kill kill themselves? Yes, I've always said that shows should, if they actually care about the content of this or the story of the show, should limit themselves. I like ones that are like, hey, we have this story already written out. Even if we're really successful, we're cutting this off. Yeah. The problem is, is a lot of them are not worth to work willing to do that because they want just money so once they know they're successful they're like okay tack this on tack that on so yes can i am we, anti that overall can we just break the rules for one second i could just make my main point because yeah just, you can now but on. you still didn't sell it you failed. <laughs> that's fine i don't care about your opinions if i hadn't if i hadn't seen dexter i wouldn't have been totally sold yet but since i have already seen it as soon as you said that the ending of dexter sucks i was like yup so yeah. I already agreed with you, but go ahead. What's your last point? But like with the, with Dexter, right? It's like, it's like, why do we think that's a terrible ending? It's like, like what, what about it is it that we think that it's terrible? Is it about a certain character dying? Is, is it about that? Like after everything that Dexter did, it would make sense. It would be a, a better ending if he met his demise. Right. Cause like then everything came full circle and he kind of got what he deserved. Cause really he's still murdering people. Right. Yeah, I've got so, my own opinion on it if you want to hear it, but you can go ahead and finish. But like with How I Met Your Mother, it's like I get a lot of people like the Robin character, 
but Robin is just like a footnote in Ted's life. And, and as the seasons went on, they got worse and like, so did Ted's life. So it kind of like works out evenly. Um, he just kept going back to Robin, Robin. I love Robin. I, I need Robin. I want to get back with Robin. And it's like, it's that, I don't know. I don't know if you guys experience it. Like maybe you have that someone that like you, you lost and it's like, Oh wait, I wish I can go back to her. Cause I think she's so great. But then maybe it turns back around and you actually meet this person that you're have way more of a connection with. And that's who you should be with. Right. And to, and to me, it's like, it makes absolute sense that the mother is that person. The show is called how I met your mother. She is clearly the most important character out of all the characters, even more important than Ted, because that's just what the story is. It's, it's how he got to this woman. That's this most important person that he meets in his life. That gives him a great life, uh, children, uh, a, a beautiful house, whatever and then they just the the writers are just like eh, she's gone now she's dead and then at the end because so every episode he's telling his kids these stories of his life and at the end they're like yeah i mean great thanks for telling us all those stories dad but like it kind of sounds like you're still into robin so go be with robin and then at the very end he's just like he goes back to robin's apartment i think he has the blue horn which is a thing throughout the show and it's like honestly Honestly, it's like it's that... on the mom. It's like the mom is irrelevant. It's like, it, oh yeah, the mom is the footnote. Okay, how did like, they kill the mom? A, a cancer, I think. Yeah, I, I think it was cancer. So he was with her, she then died, and then like you're yeah. saying the, the ending ending is basically the kids tell her, tell him, hey, sad about mom dying, cool, yeah. but really this story has really been about Robin. Yeah, like what's yeah. the point of calling the show How I Met Your Mother and building and there's all these moments in the show where it's like it's almost kind of like that whole cliche of like oh it is destiny you know like there's like a yellow umbrella thing and and the and the roommate of her roommate is uh he's dating her at one point and he leaves the umbrella and it's like she has the umbrella and then they meet at the train station and they have like one of those meet cute moments which is like a a description it doesn't sound terrible to me I mean, I can understand why people would hate it, but Jesse, what were you gonna say? How how about how about your mother? The ending of that kind of reminds me of those kind of shows where I think they had the ending written, and then they realized fans really liked the character, so then they retconned it Mm. and changed it to try to. But you don't meet the mom until the end, right? And I think that was probably planned from the beginning. Well, I don't. I think Robin was originally, if if unless that's not true, I think Robin originally was going to be the mom, and then as the show went on, they changed mm. that. So. Yeah, you could be right. Could be right. Yeah. Um, it's more like sold in three hundred seconds. Am I right? Um, <laughs> but uh, I just needed to get that off my chest, right? The, it pisses me off. Still not sold. <laughs> the the it's issue you're a heartless monster. <laughs> the issue with uh, Dexter was that that show is really all about how did he become this way? What made mm. Dexter this way? And then is there something that can fix him or is he going to get his comeuppance? And mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. season four ended with this tragic but amazing kind of yes. bow on the yeah. whole story. It yep, came yep. full circle. If you hear his story about what happened to him when he was a three-year-old kid sitting in the blood of family member who was killed. Mm-hmm. And then a very similar situation happens at the end of season four. And it's just – it's tragic and it's sad. But yep. it's so perfectly done. Yeah. That would have been one of the most epic endings of a show. And it would be yeah. right up there with my favorites ever. But to Jesse's point, actually, all of you have kind of said this. Hey, we can make money. Let's keep it going. People love right. this character and all the characters. Let's keep going. And every season after that was like, I had some good, they had some good moments. 
but yeah. it just wasn't. So the ending of Dexter wasn't the worst thing ever created ever. I just felt that <laughs> it was very unsatisfying because they had already had the most satisfying yeah. story arc that they had completed. And now it just kind of felt like more adventures of Dexter. So I don't know. It just wasn't, wasn't great. What they should have done was move that up a season or two. Like maybe if they still wanted more seasons, that's fine. But carry yeah. that story like as the last season. That's you It know. was so good. And John Lithgow yeah. was so great. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I know. We digress. Yeah. Let's get away from TV. Let's talk about some spooky games. Uh, we're going to get into uh, some of your favorite horror games, whether they're just kind of lighthearted Halloween themed or truly terrifying. Don't play this alone type of a game. Uh, we got some community community picks for those. We'll pick some of our favorites, but before we get there, I'm going to test your guys knowledge of these descriptions of spooky games. So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to read some of the descriptions from the ESRB content ratings or, or content warnings. And if you can get it, I'm going to read it in like sections. If you can get it after the very first one, which is going to be pretty tough to do because it's pretty generic. But if you can somehow just guess it out of the blue, you get five points. And then each guess, each round after that is going to be one less point. So four points, three points, two points. And then by the time you get to the last one, it's pretty obvious. You'll definitely know what game it is. That's one point. Your goal is to get 25 total out of these seven questions. So you want to get as many as you can. Each of you gets one guess per description so i think with three of you you should be able to get 25 total we'll see what happens so here we go with the first game this is for five points if you can guess it right after this first description there's strong profanity like s word and f word can be heard in dialogue and seen in graffiti dismembered alien and human corpses appear regularly Mm. go ahead and take a guess if you're not right it's fine and if we take that guess, you can't guess again, correct? Well, um, next round you can. Or you get um, one guess per round. One, one guess per round. So go ahead and throw it, a thought out there. Hmm. I'll say Dead Space. You guys got it already. That's five points. All right. Uh, <laughs> I thought I'd make that yeah. one easy. Uh, but just in case you're curious of the other ones, it was the next one was characters lose limbs, heads accompanied by spray, mm-hmm. stains, and gushes of red blood. The protagonist searches for clues found in the form of audio video clips and other items while avoiding hazards and fighting alien monsters. I figured you would have gotten it by then. Uh, And then by the end, it's a third-person action game that takes place in a mysterious space station. Like, you would have gotten it by then. Okay. All right, so you get the point. Five points. It's a good start. Here's the game number two. This game includes some sexual material, dialogue that contains sexual remarks like, let's party like we're effing porn stars and make this one trip we'll never forget. And... I mean, if you're not going to bang her, maybe Mike will take up the case. <laughs> Until dawn. Bam! I thought one of you might remember that yeah, line that specifically. Would be my guess. Yeah, it sounded corny, and yep. well, you know, the so other ones. Totally that, 80s. The other ones I thought you might get, especially when when it talked about um, some choices that the player makes leads to depictions of intense violence or gore, like a character shot in the head, someone cut in half by a saw blade, disemboweled forced to cut off segments of his fingers this game sounds messed up that's a great that's a great game dude <laughs> great game. i really want to see that. all right so you guys are you guys are two for two nice work so far all right here we go with number three combat is accompanied by realistic gunfire screams of pain and exaggerated blood splatter effects some areas also depict mutilated corpses with exposed organs and viscera and of course it talks about dropping the f and s bombs throughout the dialogue Hmm. Gears of War. Evil Within. Um, can you read it again real quick? 
Combat's accompanied by realistic gunfire, screams of pain, exaggerated blood splatter effects. Some areas depict mutilated corpses and exposed organs and viscera. I'll just say Resident Evil, but... Which one? Uh, we'll do Resident <laughs> Evil 7. Dude, you guys got it again! Holy crap! You guys are good at this game. You're three nice. for three. Um, of course, the descriptions go on to become more and more obvious that it's RE7. Because then it gets mm. down to the fact that it's survival horror in the first-person perspective, things like that. Sure. You guys rock at this. I thought you'd be good. I didn't think you'd be this good. Dang. Love spooky games. All right. Game number four. Some cutscenes depict enemy characters being decapitated at close range. Camera angles often linger on bloody neck stumps or severed heads. Hmm. Jesus. Nope, it's not Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, the lingering thing is getting... It's, uh... Yeah, I can't remember a game that did that, though I'm sure it exists. Mm-hmm. Unless Tim's making it up, I certainly read it one more time. Some cutscenes depict enemy characters being decapitated at close range. Camera angles often linger on bloody neck stumps or severed heads. Sounds like Dead Space, but we already said Dead Space, so unless two or three did something different, nope. I can't think of. I can't think of what it would be. Uh... All right, moving on to the four-point option. Combat is frenetic, highlighted by gunfire, gore, screams of pain, and explosions. So, like, all games? Yeah, that <laughs> sounds like all games. <laughs> Some of these other ones were all games, and you guys got them. So. I'll say The Evil Within 2. Nope. Ah, the... the... Fixating so let me that... guess the evil within. Trying to the severing heads thing and, and the focusing on that is I don't remember that in the new evil within, but I will admit I didn't play the whole game. I mean Mortal Kombat? I mean that's not a horror game. <laughs> Good guess. Nope. Okay. Hmm. You're right, it's not a horror game. I probably wouldn't have picked that for this, but you yeah. could make an argument that it's themed similarly and could get yeah. away with it, but no, not more. I I didn't think of that as a horror game when I put hmm. this together. All right, should we move on I to three points? I still don't have a guess, to be honest. Yeah. I can. All right, down to three points. Enemies emit large splatters of blood when injured and can be cut in half or decapitated by several types of weapons. I mean, if cut in half, that, that sounds like chainsaw of some sort or something like severing. Because Dead what's Space that, are not really. What's the name of that zombie game that was Xbox exclusive where you had that time limit to get through it? You could like craft weapons. Oh, Dead, dead, dead Rising? Rising? Dead Rising, yeah. Is it Dead Rising? It is not. Mm, good guess, that's, though. That's a good deep cut. I like that one. Is that series still alive? Is that franchise still alive? Nah, it's dead. <laughs> yeah, I think it's oh. dead. They did have one for this gen, but it was early this gen. That was the fourth one, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Is it yeah. like Dead by Daylight? Nope. Dan, any guesses? What about Friday the 13th, Dan? I mean, I don't think he's... He's not cutting people in half. I don't remember that game being that visceral. <clears throat> yeah. 
I mean, Gears of War, you're cutting people in half, right? But I mean, is Gears of War a horror game? Really, like, I wouldn't think that. I don't think it's Gears. Yeah. I wouldn't have put it in here as a horror game. Three, yeah. two, one. Cannot think of what you're severing. All right, down to the two-point option here. Players use a variety of enhanced and futuristic firearms to kill dozens of demons, ghouls, and boss characters. Players can use, also use blades and chainsaws to impale and or mutilate enemies. There you, go. there you go, Jesse. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was waiting for Jesse to give us How do we not figure out the... the... I was waiting for Jesse to give the... I effing love Doom! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that that feels, it, it honestly that. sounded like any other game before that. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, like the concept of Doom is kind of generic if you if you explain it in a very vague way. But so there's a couple clues, but that one's a tougher one. Again, this yeah. is ESRB's re- review of it, but there is a scene very a very kind of iconic scene. Doom. This is actually Doom Eternal, but we'll count it. Um, Doom Eternal at the beginning when he rips that guy's head off. Mm. That, it's right at the beginning, and it kind of sits there and spurts yeah. blood for a long. It's right there at the very opening. And then, of course, the frenetic gameplay. There's a lot yeah. of games that, that feels bad. Count that for. one feels bad. All right, so we're uh, up to 17 points, and you got three mm-hmm. left. You guys will get it. Here we go uh, for five points. Cutscenes depict intense acts of violence. Young characters burned alive. A man decapitated by a guillotine. That's the evil within. Boom! There's a five pointer right there. Did young kids burned alive. I don't remember any kids being burned, but young characters at least. Oh, young characters, kids, okay. but they're young characters. I don't okay. know. I haven't played it, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't play horrible games like you guys do. All right, um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right, here we go for five points. So you guys are up to. You only need like another three points. You got two more games left, so you got this. Uh, black and white blood splashes accompany most attacks and death animations. Uh, damn it. Um, black and white blood splashes. What horror-ish game goes black and white? I don't know. Five, yeah, I don't know. Four, Silent Hill? Nope. Okay. All right, for four points. When killed, the character gets flung around environments and paled on spikes or sliced up, including decapitation. That sounds like Tomb Raider. <laughs> a kid, Derek. A kid. Jeez. Uh, I have not played as many horror games as I thought. <laughs> or at least, again, the descriptions are... like Five, four, three, two. Any guesses? No. No. All right. Oh, oh, I know. Limbo. Limbo, you got ah, it. Okay. Oh, Is that a horror game? Oh, Oh, that is a horror game. Yep. Yeah, I would classify that in that area. Yep. yep. Again, it's not going to be like a modern 3D horror game in the same way, but I still think it's the genre of horror, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, officially, it's classified as a horror game if you go look oh, at okay. the details of it. So interesting. Hey, that part early early in that game where you come up on that spider it's, could be pretty freaky. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Well, yeah, plus Just you are a little kid, you. clearly in some version of Purgatory or Hell. Sorry, mild spoilers there. And you're getting killed a lot, and it's violent. And it's like, oh, <laughs> that's not cool. Yes, it is. Um, all right. <laughs> Last one. You guys already hit 25 points. Let's see if we can get this one. For five points, blood is depicted when players are impaled. Several corpses can be seen lying in pools of blood during the course of the game. 
A lot of blood. A lot of blood in these games. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> that one's very generic. Yeah. I'll move on to the next one since the points don't matter at this point. This one, you, you'll get it right away. When spotted by an alien, a shortcut scene depicts the character <laughs> getting knocked down and bitten in the face or stabbed through the chest right, so with a spike. Alien isolation? There you yeah, go. Alien. Yeah, aliens. Jesse mentioned earlier. You guys got 29 <laughs> points. Killed it. That was yeah, great. Yeah. Bonus points. Woohoo! All right, so well done. You guys are awesome. The only two of those games that I've played is RE7. No, three, sorry. And Doom Eternal and uh, Limbo. So I guess I've played more spooky games than I gave myself credit for. Speaking of spooky games, what are some of your guys' favorites? And I think for the sake of just keeping it from getting way too out of hand, we'll talk forever about some, some of our favorites. Maybe like one classic one from back in the day that you liked or an older mm-hmm. one, just one older one, and then one more recent that really jumped out of you as being a really good one. So I'll let any whoever wants to jump in and start. What are some of your favorite? Spooky games, whether they're actually lighthearted Halloween themed or super creepy, messed up, whatever you want to pick. Jesse, why don't you go? You're the guest. I think that my my ultimate favorite kind of like horrorish type game would be the original Silent Hill. It came out, I think, in the late '90s, like maybe 1999. And there's one specific scene in that game where you go into the school. And you walk into the courtyard and you get mobbed by all this like group of like little knee high little zombies, which mm. were of course children at one time. Ah. And they just chase after you. So you have to like run away or try to fight off like 15 little knee high zombies. It's terrifying. <laughs> well, you have to, like, I, as like a middle schooler at the time, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> So basically, what Jesse, Jesse's saying is he's scared of midgets. <laughs> hey, little 15 people. midgets, sure. He doesn't, he doesn't like little people. Little people. Like, oh, gonna get us I mean, to be fair, it's everyone. Everyone's a little person. Yeah, I was going to say, Jesse's super tall. Everyone's a little person to Jesse. <laughs> Jesse's like, oh, good. More short people trying to kill me. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that yeah that was uh, nice. uh, more more classic. recently yeah uh more really more recently honestly i know this isn't actually a real horror game but there are some scary parts in it, it would be hellblade hmm. yeah there's one scene where you actually walk in and start going to kill the final boss and there's a scene where there's all these arms sticking out of the walls and you're pretty much walking through blood. Yep. It can be pretty creepy, actually. Dude, I th- I would 100% classify that game as a horror game. It totally. has horror aspects to it. For sure. It's yeah. a psychological horror game, without a doubt. I think that's, that's how... What, that's how it's different, but it's still horror. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it has to be a slasher flick style to be horror. So that totally counts. That's a good pick. That one has some striking visuals, too, that stick with you. Uh, yeah, it's that. a great yes, pick if you like trash games. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for that. Uh, all right, Derek, what about you? Whether it's a classic one or a more recent one, what are some of your favorites? Okay, so I'll just list two off, but it's going to be in the same franchise. So uh, classic would be the original Resident Evil. I've talked about this on our podcast many, many times. That's what hooked me to the franchise because I absolutely love the story. 
It was a unique experience. I've actually, I'd never experienced any game like that ever before. Um, so did it that, actually scare you? Like, were you freaked out when you played it? Oh yeah. We freaked out when the dog jumps through the window. Unexpectedly. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton of other areas like the snakes outside, just the creepy, um, just the mutilated creepy animals. I think it's the big snake that you fight as well. Mutated. The very, the very well acted uh, actual live action scene. Yeah, I think Barry <laughs> is probably the scariest part of the game. <laughs> um, and Horrifying. then for more modern, of course, I'm going to go with Resident Evil 7. Yeah. Um, it's one that of my favorites really creepy. of all time. Yeah. And it's, it's it'd probably make my, I won't say top 10, but probably top 20 for this gen. Dude, for as have violent you guys as that, tried that in is, VR? I have not tried it in VR. Hard pass. But for as violent <laughs> as that game is, I feel like some of the scariest parts were like the old lady in the wheelchair mm. when you would when you would come in and out of the hallway and all of a sudden she'd be like in a new location or like just sitting there looking at you. Yeah. That still <laughs> freaked me out more than like the over the top. She freaked me out because stuff. I just knew I was like, gosh, she's going to do something to me. <laughs> she's just yeah. setting Absolutely. me up. Like she's just sitting yeah. there, sitting and sitting there and then she's going to attack me. So yeah. she always freaked Absolutely. me out. She always freaked me out too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dan, what Definitely. about you? Classic and then a more recent. Um, so my first, um, I think it was actually my first horror game at all was uh, in my, my first PlayStation one game when I actually bought the console Resident Evil two. Um, yeah, that game scared the crap out of me, dude. Cause I, yeah, I had not experienced just like Derek. I had not experienced <laughs> anything like that at all. Yeah. Um, and like the zombies tank- ate my neighbors was probably the scariest game before, <laughs> that, right? before Resident <laughs> the, Evil games. And the tank controls were also terrifying, <laughs> especially when you try to go back and play it now. Like, I, I mean, it's something that I'm just used to because of having played those games, but yeah, they're, they're not great controls, but, um, but coming full circle, Resident Evil Two remake is now my favorite horror game of all time. Hmm. Um, just, I, I I would go back and play the original two just for nostalgia, but like, if I want my Resident Evil two fix, like hands down, it's going to be the remake because they just like, it's perfection. Like they, they just, they, I don't think they could have done a better job. Like yeah. it just, it's perfect to me. Yep. So, and yeah. And Mr. X is also just a bastard always following you around. Dude will just not leave you alone. He does not, he does not understand social distancing at all. So <laughs> yeah, we got a couple of uh, Capcom fan girls here. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so my favorite classic horror game is going to have to be eternal darkness. Sanity Ooh. of Re- Requiem of Sanity. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Re- I think um, so. Yeah. Um, I always forget the subtitle, but Eternal Darkness was such a cool game. I can't promise you that would hold up if you get a hold of a copy of it and play it on a... It'll work on a Wii or on a GameCube. But I do know that that game messed with you in ways that not a whole lot of games before it had done. Like It it reminded me of the same feelings I got when I played like the first Metal Gear Solid and the way that they messed with you there. Mm -hmm. Whether it was like reading your save file on on your... uh, do you guys remember that? Like on the memory, memory card? card. Yeah, when yeah, Psycho yeah. Mantis would say yeah. stuff to you. Yeah. So Eternal Darkness would mess with you in similar ways. Not necessarily reading your memory card, but um, there were just certain things that was like, whoa, how do they just right? do that to me? And yeah, the controller and all kinds of stuff. Um, really creepy, really cool story too, which helped. That's why I'm more interested in a good a combination of, all right, you're, you're keeping me on edge with the creepiness, but you're also telling me a really interesting story, mm-hmm. which is why I have trouble with just the straight up, Hey, we're just going to gross you out 
type of a game. So that just doesn't do it for me. But um, but yeah, Eternal Darkness was great. As far as more recent, I think I have to agree with Derek. I think Resident Evil Seven was truly creepy, but also really fun. Like it was a it was a fun adventure, but also really creepy at the same time. And I was really tense and scared while playing that game. I will never play that in VR. No way. I don't care. Not going to happen. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, one more I've thought on this. Uh, is a lighthearted approach. Are there any more lighthearted, whether they're spooky-ish or like Halloween-themed games that you guys liked? For me, it's going to have to be Luigi's Mansion 3, Mm. I thought was a super fun kind of Halloween, lighthearted, spooky-themed thing. I I loved that game. I don't think of it as a horror game, of course, but it's got those themes to it. Are there any kind of like lighter-hearted ones you guys have liked? I don't know about lighter-hearted, but I just recently played... um... Little Nightmares. I still haven't played the DLC, by the way. Okay, yeah. That game is awesome. But it's not super intense compared to other... No, it's just like the atmosphere and the vibes of it are are creepy and like just the visual environment. Yeah. Some of those enemies, those big fat blob enemies. The the restaurant part, dude, was terrifying. (laughs) That was terrifying. Like a tsunami of like fat bastards just coming at you, trying to nom on you. Like, Uh, Jesus Christ. Like a Trump rally. Am I right, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Actually. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that that almost got a reaction from Teague. Not quite. Not a full. <laughs> not, a full not good enough. Not good enough. Oh, one more I'll mention too that are fun, uh, really easy games, especially if you have kids. Would be like Costume Quest. Those are kind of fun. I never played those, but I was I've always been interested in them. They're, they're My daughter's actually beat the second one. Yeah, they're they're little. They're charming, kind of Nickelodeon cartoon style games. Dude, with very shout out to light your daughter. RPG. Shout out to your daughter for beating Dragon Quest Eleven. by the way. That's no insane. Yeah. <laughs> or at least the main part, because I know, I forget who it was that pointed out there actually is more yeah. after yeah, that. she's I probably mean, not she... going to bother with that. But, like, that's fine. Like, how old is she? Like, eight. Eight. And she beat <laughs> freaking Dragon, Dragon Quest game. Like, that's that's awesome, dude. Dude, she reminds me of my, she and my son Shepard are similar in that, like, they get into, it sounds like, they get into a game and they're going to play it all the way till they finish it. Or until they totally have lost interest, I guess. But he's he's completed like Star Wars, the the Jedi Fallen Order game from last year. Like he he plays through these games start to finish, and he really gets yeah. into it. That game can be hard. It can it can be. Yeah, Dragon Quest is very niche though, as far as RPGs. Like that is old school, like just JRPG goodness. Yeah. So I think she got into it because she really liked the uh, enemy designs. Those yeah, yeah, yeah. Wacky. Yeah. It's a very pretty, it's a very nice looking game. It's very nice looking. Well, some of our community uh, members responded to this as well. So I'll read a few of those. Um, Lee says uh, fear, the F E A R acronym. You guys remember that Mm -hmm. game? He's saying that from start to finish, it was bone chilling. He played it on PC and had 5.1 surround sound on at night when he was living alone. He loved that experience. Uh, Thomas Jurettis says both evil within games. They both have twisted stories and creepy yes. atmospheres. Plus there's a spider lady in the first game that is nightmare inducing. I don't remember. I actually like the second one a bit more, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, Derek's, she's terrible. Derek's best friend, Jeff Woodman says that he really liked <laughs> the layers of fear series, even uh-huh. though it can get repetitive. Um, our buddy Kyle Neely, he says, Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly is top-tier spookies. I remember snagging it from an EB Games, so you know this is a long time ago, uh, back on the PS2 in 2003. The seller there was talking up the game in a big way. I was so interested to hear you could use a camera to fight ghosts. Your mm. camera could be upgraded. Uh, that one sounds pretty cool. I remember Fatal Frame being a franchise that was relatively popular, at least in the gaming yeah. industry. Like People talked about it. 
but yeah, I guess that franchise is no longer around. Uh, Clayton Pace says Silent Hill 1 and 2. So Jesse, he agrees with you there. Uh, Luke Shermer says Bloodborne. It's, and it's true. I didn't think Bloodborne didn't come to mind, but it 100% is horror-themed. Yeah. Um, Gothic horror. Yeah. I honestly sure. thought someone here was going to mention that game. Yeah. Mm. If I think of it as a horror game, then it's right up there. with. I think it's just because I don't... I'm, I mean, I would agree it's like horror-ish, but yeah. when you ask me, like, what's your favorite horror game, I immediately think of, like, your Evil Within and Resident yeah. Evil type franchises where the whole point of the game is to scare you the entire yeah, if point I'm, of the game. If I'm thinking of Bloodborne as a horror game, that's I like that one more than RE7. But um, anyway. Uh, yeah, Jack- but to me, Bloodborne, the whole point of Bloodborne is not to scare you. The whole point of Bloodborne is to kill you. Right. Yeah, I guess I think of that as more of the action-adventure RPG-style game as I do. It's aesthetically a gothic horror, maybe not so much. Well, yeah, completely aesthetically gothic horror. It doesn't have the jump scares and the ridiculous gore and things like that. No, it doesn't. It's more atmospheric. Yep. Uh, Jacqueline Dredis says the Amnesia games, among others that she listed. Uh, Gaston Senya says Crash Bandicoot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> he says uh, I'm going to be. He's going to. He likes Dead Space two and three, um, mm-hmm. and he's going to play Dead Space one. It sounds like, or at least this past week, he was planning to for the first time. Yes. So he likes the Dead Space series. Uh, Fab DC says, without a doubt, it's RE seven and VR. Jesse, you were talking about that earlier about how the VR version. I keep hearing that it's just skin crawling horrible and fab confirms that he says the emergen and tension and outright skin crawls in that vr game is unmatched i don't doubt it that's why i'm not going to play it um dan phillips says <laughs> uh, soma it's a great sci-fi horror game kind of a walking simulator but has a great story and atmosphere pretty short game too uh, nick hongs says says uh, costume quest there you go so finally we have a light-hearted pick there jolly vibes there you go that's right uh <laughs> And Andy, I'm sorry if I can't pronounce your last name. Andy Lotchspeak? I don't know how Lachspeak. to say your last name. Lotchspeak? Um, Lotchspeak. Uh, Eternal Darkness is one that he picks. Oh, Sanity's yeah. Requiem. That's how you say that. I knew oh, the okay. subtitle was something like that. Um, and then Triple C Soup, probably his birth name, says, <laughs> as a kid, Gauntlet was a spooky game <laughs> with ghosts and monsters in a dungeon and a really hard game, too. So there you go. There's some God, of our community God, picks. Gauntlet's an old poll. Hey, listen, uh, enjoy your Halloween week, folks who are listening. If you like your spooky games and your spooky shows and all that stuff, uh, enjoy it. This is that week. For me, Ooh. Halloween has never been a favorite, whether it's a theme of shows or games for me. Halloween usually signifies one big thing, and that is the best holidays are on their way. So Halloween just means we're turning the corner into Thanksgiving, which I love, and Christmas, sure. which I love. So that's why I've always liked Halloween. It's just it's an like, appetizer. It's just, yeah, it's it's and it's also a chance to steal my kids' candy, which is there you go. Um, fa- uh, some favorite scary movies. Go real quick. Scary movies. No, I, I don't like, have any. I don't Cabin like in the Woods is a really good. Time. Cabin in the Woods is a great scary movie. That is a good movie. Yeah. The, the Ring. Um, the Ring. Yes. Also good. Yep. I like the um. Was it Dawn of the Dead? The like early two thousands one. Yep. That, that was they're a just good like, one. Those zombies are just full on sprinting, dude. Like that is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I, like I think um I never sat down and watched the whole thing, but I read the story. I feel like Saul had like one of the best like yep, endings. the original Saul the original was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. All right, go. so let's get to a couple of headlines here and uh and then we'll wrap things up. Thank you guys for sticking with us. I know it's getting late out there on the East Coast. Uh here on this Friday night. All right, a couple of Nintendo headlines I thought that were noteworthy. 
The Switch has been the best-selling console in the U.S. for 22 straight months. Ooh. Which is, it broke it broke the That's record previously held by surprising. the Xbox 360. It held it for 21 months back in like the mid-2000 range, somewhere in there. Uh, now the Switch Suck at Xbox. <laughs> what's the total... <laughs> What's the total number? Have they released they're, like they're up? Yeah, they're up to sixty. There? They're up to sixty-three million sold, which puts them in twelfth place uh, all time. Nice, wow, that's really much good. better than the Wii U. Yeah, obviously, just course, a little bit better. The Wii U was at I think around like you know sixteen. <laughs> you know, that's sixty-three million. It's not. It's not, too, it's not that far off. Far. Yeah, it's really And I was fun. one of the 16. I was literally at GameStop <laughs> Sunday morning, like, excited to pick up my Wii. And me and this one other guy who worked at the Best Buy across the street. Yep. There you go. Yep. Somebody had to be excited for it. So I think this, this, despite what I feel about Nintendo's um, software releases in here in 2020, and I feel like they've been very lackluster, um, they clearly are, they're still pulling on the right strings to get those things sold because you animal crossing and yeah. what's that yeah. yeah i was gonna say animal crossing exactly. animal crossing is i think one yeah. of the best selling pieces of software so when ever. hardcore gamers like question why and i saw it earlier this week question why these developers make like you know your your multiplayer games all that stuff this is why they do it because when one catches on it impacts like for instance, yeah. Nail, uh, Nintendo selling Animal Crossing. I know it's not multiplayer, but it's a mainstream game that's caught on with a bunch of kids, yeah. and and this it's is why it's super a casual. game that never pretty much ends for those people. Yep. Yeah, listen, it makes them money. So, and they released yeah. it at the perfect time. Um, an unfortunate yeah, right, time for the right world. Right when COVID course, really. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. Twenty-two straight months, the top-selling console in the USA. It's not like it's not like it just happened recently when the other consoles are on the decline because the next gen's about to come out. This has been happening for almost two full years where the Switch has been outselling Xbox One and PS4 in the US. That's crazy. Um, if you're an old school fan of Nintendo games, then uh, you can finally play the original Fire Emblem entry, but don't get too excited. It's not being like up-resed and remastered with three houses type visuals. It is truly the old NES style the visuals, the audio, they're going to add some features in that make it less obtuse. So you can do like bookmark, you can rewind a turn. If things go poorly, you can fast forward enemy turns, things like that. Trying to make it a little more accessible to, to a modern audience, but it is very old school. This is very much a collector's thing because the physical version, the anniversary edition is actually pretty sweet. If you Google it, you look up the stuff. If you're a Nintendo fan and you like old school NES stuff, it's going to have, of course, the art book. They always have the art book with this stuff. They'll have also the replica NES game box with the instructions and map inside. And then it's going to have a replica cartridge, which is just for display. And it has even the NES cartridge sleeve that it goes in. So, I mean, it's they're really going all out for collectors here who are old Nintendo fans. To make up for it never having come here. It's Japan only. Yeah. So, yeah. and I, I forget, I've seen people post about this recently and they're not wrong, but it's like Nintendo likes Fire Emblem more than Metroid by a lot. I've seen a lot of people <laughs> post that kind of stuff. Yeah, poor Samus. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you think that that's actually true though? Do you think Fire Emblem's more important to I, them than Metroid them more money. at this point? I think Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile has has rocketed mm. that franchise ahead of Metroid in terms of recognition and, and uh, money. I mean, they obviously care about it enough, though, where they like scrapped whatever they were working on with Prime Four to start over. 
and like apologize and acknowledge that you know so yeah i think see you in 20 years yeah for real (laughs) yeah i can't believe we're gonna get a final (laughs) fantasy 16 probably before metroid prime crazy All right, um, so that's it for Nintendo. Um, for Sony, there were a couple of things that I thought were interesting. I know there's some PS5 news that Daniel's been whining about for a little while. But I also wanted to see what you guys thought about the Tom Holland image on set yeah. as Nathan Drake. What do you guys think about it? I know this isn't really like a Sony game thing, but it's a Sony franchise. It's being turned into a movie with Uncharted. Do you yeah. guys see this picture? What do you think about Tom Holland as Nathan Drake? I mean, it, the outfit's literally just straight up Uncharted 1. Like just except shirt, half shirt, not tucked in. So that's a fail. Just, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I mean, completely Tom in great. on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm completely in on it. Yeah. No, I think I he like could do an awesome, like a younger Nathan Drake. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. they can just like, we haven't had like a, like a really just fun popcorn, like Indiana Jones type of movie. So like, if they just kind of try to nail that, but like, have it be uncharted but just have it be like a fun movie like yep. I, th- I think that could just be a good time yeah, I, and... think, I think the most recent tomb raider movie with alicia vikander or however you say her name was quite good i didn't think mm. it was bad i mean compared to other it's video probably movies, the best video game movie i think so i thought it was great and they also picked a great actor for the villain walter goggins is a great actor so i don't know i thought it was a really fun movie and i want to see more of tomb raider so i, I feel like with uncharted they could do something similar a very uh, a much younger but also very watchable and really likable lead and tom holland yeah. is exactly that he's very likable yeah i was gonna say so. this is gonna definitely make more money because tom holland is spider-man so yeah he's a huge name right now and he's yeah. he's great yeah yeah um the complaint that i've heard people talk about is that they wish it was uh nathan fillion yeah and sure. well i do think he would have been an awesome nathan drake because he basically is nathan drake it's like 20 years ago i do th- i do agree with some of the complaints i've seen that he was he's too old yeah exactly yeah. He's too yeah, old he's too. yeah nathan uh nathan fillion from firefly days great nathan fillion now like right after castle and whatever other shows he's been on have long come and gone like no like if you're interested in Nathan Fillion as Nathan Drake, just watch the short. He literally was yeah. in a, a short where he portrayed Nathan Drake. So there you go. There you go. It's just because he has that kind of smarmy, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. He's got the similar personality to what Nolan yeah, yeah. put together for that character. Wise Um yeah. Also, I saw that there was this news about a narrative writer job listing for Sucker Punch. I don't know how accurate this is, but I saw a lot of different outlets talking about this that may hint at either a sequel or some sort of additional new story experience in the works for ghost of tsushima at least that's the guess because the requirements in this position specifically ask for someone who has a desire to write stories set in feudal japan so yeah. like well gee i wonder what they're gonna be writing for um <laughs> so i wouldn't be surprised if this is early work on you know helping to outline the next ghost of tsushima game because they have to make a sequel but I also saw a comment from our buddy Kyle, and I don't disagree with him. And that is like, boy, I hope Sucker Punch loves games set in this time frame because if they make anything else, people are going to be like, "What are you doing? Make more Ghost of Tsushima." Yeah. That's all they want now. I mean, if if they're going to be one of the main big uh, uh, developers now within the Sony umbrella, they could just more. start expanding. Yeah, they'll have to make more they than just do that. what they did with um, what was it when they were make when um, Naughty Dog was making Uncharted two no three 
was I think it was three. They were also working on Last of Us, or there was yeah, a team, was all a team working on Last of Us, and then when yeah. they finished three, everybody else went to finish up. Well, it's Last like of Guerrilla Us. Games, right? Like people don't want much else except for Horizon at this point, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Some folks might want them to go back to Killzone, but yeah, that's probably just Derek who wants that. Um, <laughs> I saw you give me that look. I saw it. I'm just making sure you're with us. All right, um, Dan, what about your PS5 news? Hey guys, Derek's here. Yeah, that's great. Actually, maybe you can uh, express checking your checking in online for class. Hey, are you uh, are you still podcasting at a high level <laughs> right now? I am definitely high. He's haircut. Yeah, definitely yeah. high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm sure you are. So, Dan, what is this PS5 news that you've been wanting to highlight? You said it's a couple. Uh, weeks I want old. you to. What's the what's the description here? The PS5 news that. PS5 news that Daniel's bitching about. There you go. Uh, Timothy said a bad word. <laughs> yeah, Tim, I really word? expect better from you. Is that a bad word? Would your wife approve if you use that towards your kids? Yeah, she's right there. She's fine. <laughs> He's like, shh, shh, quiet. She's right there. Um, so, like, this was like what three weeks ago now, so it's kind of irrelevant. But the um, there was a video that was posted online of them actually tearing down the PlayStation playstation 5 so like every individual part like showing you and giving you just you know kind of explaining what all the parts do and yeah what's going on in its innards i th- those videos are interesting i mean i would no, think you would find them interesting you're into you know specs and tech no you and- can ask lee i worked on my computer this week and the entire time i was like lee this is bullshit like i don't <laughs> this is so dumb like how did you even right. do this this is retarded so you're not a fan <laughs> no it's dumb all right, well, whatever. PlayStation Five teardown takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are two white panel, the two white panels on the console. Um, you can remove them, um, and then there's like these little uh, dust catchers. So I'm guessing the way that the fan propels should theoretically push a lot of the dust into those little pockets, and then you just easily vacuum the, the dust up. So that's pretty nice. Um. Is it true that you have to like detach and reattach something for it to lay on its side? Is that true? Well, yes. there's like the there's like the little base thing, the stand, or because whatever. That, yeah. If that's true, okay, then I really did love the Xbox tweet that they uh, were like, "How to lay the awesome. Xbox Series X on its side?" And it was like, <laughs> <"Dum."> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> Funny jabs, <laughs> jabs. Um, and then when you remove the top, one of the top panels, um, that's where the uh, M2 slots are, and that's where you insert the additional uh, storage, the SSD additional storage. Yeah, um, which Microsoft will not made that easier too, because you literally yeah. just plug it in the back. That's already available. But, that you don't have to unscrew anything. Derek, well, if Sony didn't have, do it this way, they couldn't have, have made it look like a vest. Batman, and it looks really stupid. Well, first of all, you don't have to unscrew anything. You just pop the panel off, and then you... Don't you it. talk back to me, young man. I swear to God, I'm going to uppercut you in the taint. Like, seriously. I'm going to uppercut you right in the taint. I have a vagina. I know you do. Oh, my God. <laughs> but not proprietary memory for Sony consoles. So, you know, pros and cons versus Xbox. Uh, the uh, cooling fan is massive. And so is the heat sink. So now we know why the console's so friggin' big. Yep. Um, they t- like together, the both of them take up like two thirds of the console. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, that that's nice though, because if the fan works properly and it's quiet and it keeps the console cool, then it's not going to sound like a jet engine, hopefully. So, yeah. Yeah, that's um, my biggest problem with my PS4 Pro. It's so yeah. loud. 
That's really loud. Um, and then liquid me- uh, liquid metal uh, instead of thermal paste for the CPU, which I don't really know much about that. I just know that that apparently seems very interesting and it's very unique. And it also sounds way cooler. Liquid metal or thermal oh, yeah. paste. Ugh, yeah, T one thousand all over my PlayStation Five CPU. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Get Terminator busting in. That's right. Um, so yeah, I just I thought it was a cool video because it was like just kind of a nice, clean like approach yeah. the way he was doing it. <laughs> yeah, uh, white background, white table, and then just all the pieces strewed about. So yep, I agree. Um, and they showed the PlayStation Five UI finally. So they showed what that's going to look like. Looks fast, very, very quick, very simple, clean. Most important thing is it's native 4K. Yeah. Man, yeah. yes, I absolutely. am not. I canceled my Xbox Series X when I found out the uh, UI I mean, is in 1080p. I mean, I, seriously, even, who buys a console and doesn't demand yeah. 4K I mean, UI? I, 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 I see the interrupt so everyone knows that my wife just walked by and dropped a couple Reese's cups on the desk right beside that's, me. That's love. Was it because you were bitching about it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, shh, quiet. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, baby. <laughs> Love you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it just looks nice and clean. And it does. I, and I like the UI too. I think we mentioned that last week, but I did like the video that showed the UI as well. And I've enjoyed that for both consoles really, where they've shown, here's yeah. what it's like when you're on the main menu and when you jump in and out of games. And I, I've just, I've liked that a lot. I don't know how I feel about the cards though. Like I hope I can customize how many are there or not. Cause I, I don't need all of that like cool hip, like information like oh you know this person's streaming and i can just click on that and who's playing it's like just let me have customization and move things around and have yeah, less i don't care about the streaming things. but i do like that they have built in more like spoiler avoidance things which yes is cool yeah that's cool so yeah. we'll see how well that works well, yeah exactly exactly yeah. um, um yeah per- for Microsoft stuff, I thought this was kind of interesting. If you haven't seen, there's been a whole bunch of interviews involving Phil Spencer that I thought were interesting. Of course, the one that people have been talking about this week was the interview with Kotaku's Stephen Totillo, where he and Phil Spencer talked about a whole bunch of different things. Then the conversation went to Bethesda, and this, is where, it got, this is where it got interesting. Uh-oh. So um, this is what Stephen asked Phil Spencer. He said, is it possible to recoup a $7.5 billion investment if you don't sell Elder Scrolls 6 on the PlayStation? Really direct and really good question. Is it possible to recoup that and, and totally not put on the PlayStation? And Spencer quickly replied, yes. So in his mind, it was a, without a doubt, yeah, we can recoup our money without putting on the PlayStation. Hmm. Then he continued and said, I don't want to be flip about it. The deal was not done to take games away from other, another player base like that. Nowhere in the documentation we put together was, how do we keep other players from playing these games? We want more people to be able to play games, not fewer people to be able to play, go play games. Mm-hmm. When I think about where people are going to be playing and the number of devices that we had, and we have xCloud and PC and Game Pass on our console base, and I don't have to ship those games on any other platform other than the platforms that we support in order to kind of make the deal work for us. So here's what I think that means. You guys tell me what you think that means. I think that means unless PlayStation is up for putting a pretty significant Game Pass or Xbox type presence on their console, they're not getting these games. That's what I think that means. I, I would agree. I think unless same thing with Nintendo. Which I think is going, I think he's Go ahead, Derek. Well, I was just gonna say he purposely slid that in there like he's like we don't want to take anything away but 
when you look at our portfolio of how we're we're releasing our content, <laughs> yeah, we're not taking it away from you. Well, like, even if a... you don't want to buy an Xbox or a PC, you still have access to these. And there games. was a conversation about Nintendo as well as part of this interview, or an, or a similar interview at least, where he also they were asking him about, hey, you guys have gotten along really well recently, Nintendo and Microsoft, and he agreed with that. Like he said, his conversations with Nintendo were always great, and putting things like Ori out in their system has always been great for them, and they move a lot of units. But in general, the idea of putting their games out regularly on other platforms is going to have to entail those platforms saying, yes, you can have a stronger Xbox presence. And I think that means Game Pass presence on our platform or xCloud or something like that. Like Nintendo would have to be willing to allow uh, users to subscribe to their service for them to really jump in. And I think the same is true of PlayStation. And I don't think Sony will ever go for that, of course. So, um, so yeah, that's interesting. They have a to competing me. That, service, Jesse. You're kind of. I mean, you're not really only Xbox, but you do lean towards Xbox. I know you play on PS4 as well, and you you've got a Switch, I think, too. Don't you have a Switch? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, I buy everything. so you so you dabble, but I know you lean towards Xbox. What is what do you hear when you hear Phil Spencer say that? Uh, exactly what you said. Honestly, I think he wants to put his games on everything. I think he wants Xbox games on every platform that is available. But only if they're willing to do it by Xbox rules. Mm. So PlayStation or Nintendo want their Xbox games like Bethesda on their platform. Then, yeah, they need to allow Game Pass. (laughs) I don't even think... I'm not even sure... I'm not even sure Xbox would need to even ship physical units of those games. Just mm. say allow Game Pass and you have access to those games. Yeah, I think the money they would make from subscriptions alone is going to recoup that money. <laughs> but maybe I'm overthinking it. But I think just adding no. this, the Bethesda library because you got to remember they're so already doing they're already doing workarounds for iOS. So. Yeah. That's why I said that's what he means by we're not taking games away. Our goal isn't to take games away. This has it's not just when he talks, it's not just about PS5. He's simply saying anybody who owns only a PS5 owns probably either an iPhone or a Android. Android, you already have access to Game Pass if you want it. Um, iPhone, he's doing workarounds. I really don't think he really cares whether it ever goes on PS5 or not. Like, I really what, don't. What I think is a related uh, thing is hasn't Phil gone on the record saying that he doesn't actually view Nintendo and Sony as competitors? Yeah, I think they see that. They see Google and Amazon as bigger competitors. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not. They're not actually aiming at Sony or Nintendo. They're aiming well, at and the, everybody. The trillion at dollar companies. They didn't understand the scope of what he was talking about. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Like, a lot of people mocked him, like, oh, yeah, so, because you have PlayStation, who outsells you using your competition? I'm like, oh, my God, you guys, he's not talking about console sales. It's not always about your little penis in your pants, your little console <laughs> There's There's more things going on and more things being measured than that. And that's Dropping what he's over here. That, that feels like something that Derek's been told. That's why he said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about your little little dingy there, Derek. But it's not about it's your ding dong down on your tight. He's always talking about P's and K's, you know. Just trying to get there. Oh my but gosh. seriously, I really don't think he has any plans. It would have to be like he might approach him, 
just as a like, hey, you want Game Pass? But yeah. I, I agree with you guys. Like, I really think it would be Sony that would have to say, hey, we really want these games on here. What's the deal? Like, what do we yeah. do? Uh, Game Dan, Pass. Well, nope. Dan, I can tell you right now, Sony will be like, nope. We'll create our own Game Pass. Well, that's great. You're just not going to have Bethesda games on it. Yeah, Dan, what do you think about those comments and how that might affect uh, Sony's ability to have these games for their gamers? Yeah, I mean, Sony can be stubborn, right? Like with uh, with crossplay, like they were yeah. being super stubborn about crossplay. So they'll they'll be stubborn when they want to be. So I, I I don't see them being like, yeah, put Game Pass on on our console. So they will never do that. They can't. Like, they have PS now. Yeah, they I was have. gonna say they have PS yeah. now. They can't do that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if Microsoft's just like, yeah, you can, no worries. Even if you don't have an Xbox, you got a PC, you got a phone, whatever is. Is all these ways to play these games. So, so the the thing is, I feel like with the way Microsoft approaches, they want everyone to have access to their games across all these different devices. And I really do think that's their goal. I think Derek's right. They want, if you have a phone or an iPad or any kind of PC, we want to be able to let you stream it. You don't have to have a great PC. You can stream it. If you've got uh, an Xbox, that's great too. And I think they'd love to also say, if you've got a Nintendo Switch or a PS5, you can also play our game. I think that's what they'd love to have. I don't think that all companies think the same way. And so I, th- I want to say it was Ryan McCaffrey or it could have been someone else. from If someone from IGN made the point that if Sony had acquired Bethesda, if they had purchased ZeniMax, there wouldn't be even a question about whether or not these games are going to be exclusive. And I don't think there'd be nearly as much whining about it either. It'd be like, yeah, Sony bought them. That's the way it goes. That's what happened. But for some reason, because it's Microsoft, there's a lot of like, how could they do this? So like, it's just very strange to me that if Sony did it, it's fine. But since well, Microsoft a lot of it, it is, it's, but that's the, it's huge. a lot of it yeah. because they look at it as Microsoft can't create their own games. So they have to go buy it, which is not true. They're ignoring all the franchises franchises that they just don't care about does uh sony create more in-house like franchises that they don't just go out and buy that are exclusive yes but microsoft does it too they just don't like the fact that they go out and buy it but what's ridiculous is they didn't say anything when insomniac was purchase nobody mm-hmm. said anything i never heard well, anybody tommy lack is not the size of bethesda i think that's doesn't, the thing doesn't matter it's still the same thing you were taking a publisher that was third party at the time and was actually working with xbox previous yep that actually for like two or three consoles yep. yeah for two or three uh um exclusives Did a, and now you've taken them xbox. completely away and not yeah. even offered to share I'm rude. saying like so like as far as the first party developers that Sony has like I don't think any of those guys before they were acquired by Sony were nearly the size of Zenimax slash Bethesda so like this is like a huge acquisition right so everyone's freaking yes. out that is like I'm only ever gonna buy a PlayStation they're freaking out because it's like well right. now you're taking Elder Scrolls away from me and Fallout and right. Doom well, and, well they're not freaking out because now they're all just saying, "Well, those games are buggy." Oh, you just discovered it now! <laughs> wow, you've always hated those games that sell millions and millions. Listen, of crazy Elder Scrolls so uh, or Skyrim, Derek is the funnest game. All right, it's oh, the there we go, there it is. You know what's interesting is the more I thought about this, I actually heard the guys on the uh, Giant Bombcast talk about this, and while I disagree with their takes on a lot of things, I thought this was an interesting point couple of them are making and that is it's not that this acquisition by itself is a problem 
Um, I can see why some people will be upset and some people love it, whatever, and everyone's in between. But the it could set a scary kind of arms race where you mm. have massive companies buying up big game publishers. Like, what if Amazon, with all their money, this was the example they used. I thought it was a great example. What if they're like, fine, we'll buy 2K and you can only play all future Grand Theft Auto games on their Luna service? Oh, God. <laughs> like, what's yeah. stopping them from doing that? So that I thought that was a brutal. Good, that was a good point. Like, I don't want there to be an arms race where all these gigantic companies who have endless like these deep dude, pockets i dude, don't want if, that to happen if stadia bought square enix i'd kill myself <laughs> yeah like if <laughs> the thing, i you know, got crazy I, money i get that <laughs> i get that like they have crazy money but but this was on, this deal only happened because a microsoft has crazy money but zenimax obviously wanted it like these other companies that they're talking about, they would have to want it. I understand money talks, so if somebody came out with a huge, but if they're if they're doing their figures, let's say we'll just use 2K or something, or Rockstar, and they're looking at their numbers and they're going, okay, they're offering right now fifty or five hundred fifty billion, whatever it is, for to buy our our entire company, um, or we can make that in ten years. Why would we sell? And we get complete control over everything. Yeah, we'll just stick with that. See, Zenimax, there's got to be a part of Zenimax that was so big that they were just like, we can benefit from this now. We don't care about the little people under us. Not every company is going to be like that. It had it, t- it took two parties being in a position where one has all that money to throw and the other one's like, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll take that money that you're willing to throw. You know, and I just funniest- don't see that. My point is, is I don't see that happening across the board. Like every company yeah. is going to be like, you know what? Buy us right now. Must, throw us, throw a bunch of money at it. Right? Yeah. Because I mean, yeah. Well, the, yeah. the other one that's being thrown around is Xbox trying to buy Sega. Mm-hmm. I know that's one that people seem to be rumoring about now too, and of course that leads to all the the guesswork about well, if they buy Sega, who are they going to buy next? And then it becomes right. a monopoly. And yeah, the funniest that's... acquisition to me would be if Nintendo bought EA, so all sports games are now on the Switch. <laughs> on the... <laughs> copy and paste, copy and paste, sports amazing. Games. That would be something like that would be. Hilarious. I think that was newsworthy that IGN actually literally copied and pasted their review from FIFA 20 for FIFA 21 on the Switch because they're like, <laughs> "You guys made literally no changes, so we're going to copy and paste our old review and paste it and then score right. it lower." There's a lot that I don't like about IGN in recent years, but I like that a lot. That's hilarious. It was funny. <laughs> they dropped it to like uh, they get they. They dropped it to like a score of a three for this year oh my because they're like, you did nothing. You didn't improve the game. I did zero all. effort. All the same prep out. Yeah. That's just yeah. slapping them right in the face, right? That is so funny. That is all right. Amazing. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I don't think there'll be an arms race. It's just one of those things with an acquisition this big. It makes you wonder. It's, let's just say that they have success. Over the next two years, Microsoft just sees incredible returns. Then I think companies like Google and Amazon and Apple you might see some uh, some rumblings about a big acquisition by one of them. But who knows? Who knows what will happen? Um, a couple other general storylines I thought were uh, – headlines I thought were interesting. Um, there was a new story trailer out for Immortals Phoenix Rising. This game looks great. I'm really excited about this game. And the story looks like the characters are going to have a lot of personality. If you watch that story trailer, you've got um, – what's the storyteller guy? Pythagoras? Is that his name? Um I- 
sure. and and Zeus, and they're kind of there's a little bit of banter uh, as they're going back and forth. As one of them's trying to tell the story, and Zeus is like, "No, you can't." Yeah, tell Adam like Jensen's like, doing the voice. Oh, it was it was really. They Adam sound like Jensen's they're going to be very. I didn't know that the guy who played Adam Jensen from Deus Ex. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Oh, you nice. can huh. tell if I'm wrong, I'd be shocked, but I can tell that it's him. But yeah, it looks like so I got be negative some feedback on that. On on what? Well, that's the thing. Like, I, well, I posted in a group saying, like, I really hope this is really great because the preview that I posted about this game was kind of like, eh, it's not that great. And every person that commented was like, I, I, I it looks like trash. It, it's not good. Blah blah. I think it looks like, great. Wow. I think it looks I think great maybe, too. Maybe like the humor is not hitting with some people. I don't. Know. I think that's. I I will admit. As somebody who watched nothing on it, just saw like a video of it playing, going, "Wow, this looks like Zelda: Breath of the Wild." Which, by the way, there's only a few things that at all match up with Zelda: Breath of the Wild. It's not even yeah. close to that type of game. Okay. But um, but uh, I thought, oh, this is gonna be like a cartoony looking game, but it was gonna be one of you know Ubisoft's more serious open world games. That's what they make. They don't really make funny games most of the time. But it has more of like a, a sense of humor, and, and it really seems more childish and cartoony than serious, yeah. which I think will actually, I didn't like it at first, but I actually think it will be a good thing because all their games are serious. Yeah, we and don't need is, another Assassin's Creed. Like this That's what fine. I was going to say. Yeah. This is too close to Assassin's Creed as far as like Odyssey in this game. So it would actually be a good tone difference and you know art style. So they're definitely going, hey, this is what we did on Odyssey. We need to kind of do a 180 with this game if we're going to make it, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think combat looks fun, and the open world looks pretty. So I'm I'm on it. I'm, I'm yep. told. December is a weird release date for any game, but a new IP from Ubisoft. That's an interesting choice. The first week of December for that one. But I'll take it. This is kind of weird because you would think it's probably done enough that they could release it at the launch of the consoles. So I don't understand the three week. Del- well, no. I guess. They don't want to. They don't want to mess with Assassin's Creed yeah. Valhalla, and they I mean, already got. They already got Watch Dogs. It's still right now. before Christmas. You can it still. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm gonna get it, so it's not affecting me. I'm, you know, I'm one of their customers, so it's obviously not affecting all, some of their customers. But anyway, whatever. That must be releasing right around the medium, then. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, that's early December too. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, this one looks good. Also, Darkest Dungeon Two has been confirmed to be coming out uh, at least in early early access, coming to Epic Game Store exclusively, I believe, uh, at cool. least for early access in twenty twenty one. I know some folks who listen to this show really liked Darkest Dungeon. I watched the uh, the recent trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Speaking of Assassin's Creed, and they where they highlighted what they're going to do with the season pass and what to expect with ongoing content and listen as someone who has never been a huge fan of buying season passes i rarely i think i've only done it like once i rarely do and then maybe later if dlc it turns out to be great i'll go back and get it on sale like that's usually how i've operated with this stuff but i liked the odyssey um dlc so much that i feel like i feel like i'm gonna love the setting and gameplay of Valhalla even more so i feel like I'm I'm pretty close to wanting to pull the trigger on just getting the whole thing. The season pass is forty bucks, so I'm not saying it's just cheap for everybody, but it's going to include the the a brand new 
I shouldn't say brand new. It's all brand new. It's going to include a, a um, exclusive Beowulf quest, which I already love that legend. It's, I think it's one of the coolest old school Beowulf. stories. So they're going to have a Beowulf quest, and it's also going to include the two full future expansions, which are spring 2021 is Wrath of the Druids, where your character goes to Ireland to track down a Druid cult. Mm-hmm. And then in the summer, they're going to have one called the Siege of Paris, where players can relive the most ambitious battle in Viking history as they infiltrate the fortified hmm. city of Paris. Cool. So both of those See, are brand I was going to buy the $100 version. Yeah. But to me, by the time that first pack comes out, I have a feeling the season pass will be on sale. You think so? Like to me, I don't feel like we're getting a disc. Yeah. They I always mean, drop their prices pretty fast. They also could be that that could end up getting pushed back a bit too. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just don't feel like they'll. I don't. Maybe the season pass will stay at forty for a while. I know it might drop game, to like right? thirty or something. Maybe after but both of them come out, they'll drop it. But I will say this: uh, I I fully trust Ubisoft's ability to follow up with some great DLC and expansion content. So whether you spend 40 or whether you wait till it's cheaper, I think you're going to get, we're going to get a lot of awesome add on content there for this game. I think it's going to be great. Great, great, great. Also a couple I of think uh, my most frustrating part. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say my frustrating part is just trying to figure out where I'm buying these games. They're not releasing like details on how these games are being ran on next gen. So it's a little annoying. Yeah. Yeah, well, for me, it's simplified because I couldn't get a pre-order for either of the new consoles, so I'm just going to buy it on PC because <laughs> I, I got no luck over here. Um, they also have talked about some of the free post-launch content they're going to have. So in December, they'll have a new settlement area, a new festival. Um, these river raids activities are going to add new skills, new weapons and gear. I mean, they're just going to be updating it with regular content for free, which is cool, too, that they're doing that. Um, and then they'll have a second season later and of course they're going to yet again for the third straight game assassin's creed game they're going to have a discovery tour mode that they'll put out next year where you can conflict free explore the world they've created there and just get like the historical cool uh context i have heard i've heard good things about the one they did for origins with egypt and then the one they did for odyssey with greece and then now with kind of ancient kingdom of britain so that's cool it's cool that they're doing that it is cool Last thing I'll mention, and I am curious of each of your takes on this before we sign off. Over 435,000, at least at one point, that was the peak, simultaneous viewers tuned in to watch Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez stream Among Us on Twitch, <laughs> along with Ilan Omar and a bunch of other popular streamers, of Pokemane. course. Uh, and her goal, of course, is to encourage people to vote. And she doesn't care who you vote for. She just wants you to exercise you know, your civic duty i'm just so angry because everyone else was furious i'm just angry i'm so angry how dare she how dare she be a what do you person guys think about this do a thing other than her job right just <laughs> how dare she just try to enjoy life at all do anything normal oh this like, was 100 percent for her job this was 100 <laughs> this is this is a this is i'm just saying she people, has an agenda jesse what did you think about she, this? i don't get the impression that she's a gamer yeah that's fine. Yeah, but I mean, she I, didn't do, do anything wrong. I completely agree. She did nothing wrong, but I no. do also agree that it probably was for her job. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, it is fine. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I the mean, same reason that cooking in her kitchen while sipping wine and talking to people. I mean, that that's like she's it's it's all pandering in a certain extent, but also 
she's young enough and kind of new enough to the political game where whether she's faking it or not, she's still able to come across as, hey, I'm just like you guys, at least a little bit yeah. more than a lot of other career long politicians. Anytime I see a video of her, it, I mean, if she's not if she's not being fake or like most of the time not being fake, I don't have a problem with her. So I, I don't understand the hate personally. That's just yeah. me. I just I, yeah, I don't understand why this particular move has garnered so much I hate. I think it's because just like when Trump does anything, people hate him and what he did. And certain like go people golfing? Just, yeah, if he does anything that any president you might support would have done, they hate it because it was him. Same thing when Obama was president. Anti-Obama folks were like, I can't believe he's eating f- with his family. So like um, it's the You're same thing with, it's the same thing with any family man. Disagree with. I mean, it doesn't help that AOC, what really made her famous is when she would go to the border and like hang on the chain link fence, chain link fence with like this fake sad face. <laughs> like, what are you doing? She's just trying to, she's trying to, she was young, right? She's just young and naive. And I guess, I guess, yeah, I don't know. But um, I thought it was interesting. And I, I do think, um, I, I thought it was a really smart move. I was like, that was a savvy move right there. So it's the biggest numbers, smart right? Move. Definitely it's a the, smart move. I think it was the biggest numbers Twitch has ever seen simultaneously, right? Or or anyone politically. I thought related. it was second biggest. Second biggest? Okay. okay. Yeah. I thought it was the anyone politically biggest. involved, I think this is the highest number, yeah. specifically for that. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I think any move you can do to make yourself come across, I'm, I'm more human, I'm like you guys, and I like to have fun, I like to do normal human things, it can help your pers- the perception that people have of you. Humanize them. Yep. I think so. So I don't, I actually think it was a, a great move, whether she came up with it or some of her team members were like, you should do this. It's a popular game. People will love it. Whoever to convince her to do it. Good move. I thought it was a really yeah. smart move. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I thought that was interesting, but uh, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you guys for sticking around to talk about uh, some spooky stuff. All of you listening, make sure you go and, get some candy from is anyone giving out candy this year whatever go buy yourself some candy i don't know it's probably covered in covid so it's got the covid all over it covid candy yeah all right thanks guys for (laughs) listening and we'll talk to you next time we'll see you